1: This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible.
2: Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something
1: new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime.
2: And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases.
1: Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now.
2: Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy.
1: And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to Audibletrial.com/slash Check the Locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today.
2: Warning, Check the Locks Podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised.
1: Welcome back to check the locks presents true crime for the short on time. As always, I'm John Connor.
2: I'm Olivia Cornu
1: saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, Olivia, as always, it is wonderful to see you. How are you? How was your week? How was your Halloween? Did you do anything fun?
2: My Halloween wasn't so bad. I had three trick-or-treaters who came around twice. And the first time I had to turn them down and one kid said, Oh man, man, And then like 10 minutes later, I get a knock on the door again and I go answer it. And it is the same three trick-or-treaters. And I said, hey, kids, sorry, I don't have any candy. Same person and the same kid goes, oh, man. So I let the kids down twice. But last year I didn't have any, so I didn't buy candy. And I got home late, so um, no dressing up for me. But I had plenty of my colleagues' kids' candy today. So how was y'all's Halloween Twisted Sister's?
1: It was good, but first of all, like you didn't give this kid like a twenty or something. Like he came to your house twice. I would have been like, let me get dig into my wallet or oh, something.
2: Somebody was like Venmo him. I'm like, I'm not Venmoing three children.
1: Or at least like have the courage to be like
2: if I had groceries <laughs> The thing is, is the dog went crazy the first time they stood there. They stood there. So I went, I like, I checked the camera on my phone. I went and I was like, okay, they're not leaving. So I was like, Hey, sorry. I just got home. I don't have candy. And then the dog calms down. I ordered some Domino's. Yes. I eat Domino's pizza. I ate my pizza. 10 minutes later, there's a knock at the door. It's the same three kids. I look on the camera and I go, I'm like, Hey kids, like, sorry, I don't have anything. He was so, he was so disappointed.
1: You couldn't give him a pizza?
2: I'm not going to give kids pizza. Did you not listen to last week's episode?
1: Dude, first <laughs> of all, if I knocked on somebody's door as like a 12 year old kid, they, they weren't were like, I 12. Don't have was like
2: between like six, eight and nine. I don't know. Six, eight and 10. Listen,
1: I love pizza. I would take pizza over like a Reese's cup or an almond joy any day. If somebody was like, happy Halloween, here's a slice of Domino's.
2: <laughs> but it had pineapple on it. So you probably wouldn't have eaten it.
1: I love pineapple on pizza. Oh, you do like pineapple on pizza. I do like pineapple do. on That's pizza. That's right. another one of those P words that I eat. That you is, eat, that you eat. It's pineapple. You know, I can't but keep them all straight. In middle school, we had Domino's Pizza Day. And so you would get one piece with like your school lunch, but you could bring extra pieces were a dollar. And the week of Domino's Pizza Day, I was like.
2: How many dollars did you bring?
1: I mean, I might as well have been on like, what's that? Uh, um what's that antique show where the two dudes like drive around, they're digging through
2: antique archeology. span They they're from like an hour where I lived in Iowa. I've gone to their store.
1: Yeah. Uh, American pickers. American That's one pickers that yeah. Of. Yeah. But, but that, was, that was archeology. me looking for change.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, I'm like, yeah, they have a store in Nashville too now, but oh. I'm like going through couch cushions. I'm like underneath the car seats. I'm any change I can get. And I would get like three or four pieces of Domino's pizza. Cause I was like, yeah, it's one day, you know, one day, every like three months, this is my day.
2: My mom was in the hospital last week. She's fine. Shout out, mom. But, anyways, on Thursday, the day we were getting discharged, the lunch was the little local pizza place, Johnny's Pizza. I was like, oh, if we have to stay another night, I'm getting Johnny's for lunch. Our hospital doesn't oh. do that. We get like literally cafeteria food. Yeah. It's terrible. But, anyways, we're short on time,
1: John. Well, anyway, our Halloween was very good. Uh, we went full twisted sister. I had eyeshadow on lots of rouge and, uh, and blush on my cheeks. We took Millie trick or treating, which shout out to the people that we went with. But every year we go and we get to a certain point and then the adults are like, okay, we should turn back. And I'm of the old school, which is like, let them keep going until they're like, okay, we need to head back, you know? But they were like, let's turn around. And I'm actually ended up being happy that it did because I don't know about the listeners, but you and I were talking. It got really cold and really windy. So at first I was like, no, let these kids, like I used to go, you know, it's three it's feet, s- of snow. seven o'clock. Yeah, like let them go. And then, you know, we were like six houses in on the way back. And I was like, oh, thank God we're turning around. It's so cold out here. But
2: <laughs> the times have changed.
1: You would think the wig would keep you warm. But when you have no sleeves and just like fishnets on your arms, it's like, oh, this is very cold. <laughs>
2: Hair's not that warm, John.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, a jean vest only does so much. You know, yeah, what I mean? you, need sleep, only- you
2: need sleep. That's why I'm in a turtleneck tonight. I have lost yeah. the lumberjack and I have resorted to a turtleneck sweater.
1: I had goosebumps on my arms, but I didn't have any like hard pointies. So thanks for the jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> kept the chest area nice and warm. But- But yeah, Millie had a great time. We have a ton of candy in the house. so And it's funny because you mentioned trick-or-treaters, but like normally we don't get any, but I always still put out a bowl because we trick-or-treat with family. So I always put out a bowl on the front porch and usually I come home and it's still full. And this year I came home and there's only like four or five pieces left. So I was like, oh man, like we actually had either a bunch of kids or one kid who was like, forget this, just take one. I'm going to dump half this bowl in. But we got trick-or-treaters and it was nice to see that That candy was gone and now I don't have as much in the house to eat. So I guess that's, you know, kind of a blessing in reverse.
2: Well, my colleague brought a whole bowl and the leftovers because they went trick-or-treating. So she didn't, she bought candy. And then she was sending me pictures of like these tables set up with full size, like everything. And I'm like, I did not grow up like that. But these kids nowadays, you just get full-size candies.
1: Yeah, Millie got, I don't know if you've seen them, I've seen them at like the gas station candy stores, but it's the XL so it's like bigger than a full-size candy bar it's like a giant hershey's cookies and cream bar i think it's something like what is it for 12 it's like 20 pieces of little squares it's like a big rectangle yeah Mm -hmm. it's huge but she was i mean you might as well give that kid like a gold bar because she was like oh my god this is so big! this is the biggest thing yeah she lost her mind so it was good we had we had a good holiday november 1st is always sad for me because i love october i love halloween so much We decorate the house because Millie's really into it. and
2: The cornucopias are not that exciting in
1: November. No. And like scary movies just don't hit the same way. Like on November 1st, you know, Mariah Carey is already saying all I want for Christmas is you. Like it's it's the end of my favorite season. Now I have to gear up for all this holiday cheer that I normally don't really care much about. So are
2: you Ebenezer Scrooge? Are you the Grinch?
1: I like I get excited for Christmas like the week before Christmas. Same.
2: I don't do Christmas. I'm, and then we've talked about this and we're going to go down a rabbit hole. We are short on time. We'll talk about Christmas next month. Closer to Christmas. <laughs> but, all right. I got you. You're right.
1: My apologies. I'm short on time. I know you're short on time.
2: I just missed John. I know mm-hmm.
1: it's, you know, it's just, we're just, we're catching we like up to talk and catch up, but the listeners are like, shut up, know, get to the story. stop it, quit it. Stop with the Gabby Gabby, get to the stabby stabby. And this week, it's your story, and there is some literal stabby stabby in it, so I think it's going to be quite interesting to go through. So let's just go ahead and jump on into it, Olivia. What are we talking about this week?
2: Yeah, so this week we're actually going to Donaldsonville, Louisiana. Which, if you're not familiar with Louisiana, we'll give you another little geography lesson. So New Orleans is southeast. Donaldsonville is about um, an hour northish west of the state. Um, kind of close to Baton Rouge, which is our state capital. Um, but on May 4th, 2022, Peggy Valentine entered her ex fiance's home. She claimed she was there to visit her ex and his now girlfriend's new baby. So, yes, this person was engaged to a man who had another girlfriend who he got pregnant and they had a child. That's where we're starting.
1: Yeah, so we're starting off full entanglement. Or like past entanglement. So, you know, it's going to be interesting when the story starts like this.
2: Right. So a fight broke out and Valentine ultimately stabbed the woman in the back with a box cutter. Luckily, the woman was able to fight her way from the home. She was treated at a local hospital and eventually released. According to police, there were no signs of forced entry. This suggested that someone had opened the door. Now, Valentine told police that she went to visit the couple's home as they just welcomed a new baby. She claimed she went to make amends with the couple. At some point, a fight broke out in the couple's bedroom, and this led to Peggy attacking the new mother. After the fight, she called her pastor, who was also a major with the Ascension Parish Sheriff's Office. When Peggy asked what she should do, he suggested she talk to the investigators. She was then brought to the parish sheriff's office for questioning. During the interrogation, she became very distraught and shut down. In her eyes, she acted in self-defense, but the interview seemed to be an interrogation. It was then that Valentine demanded to speak to her pastor again. At that point, the pastor entered the room. Again, he advised her to speak with the detectives. Now, according to police, the pastor, Valentine, and another sheriff were present in the room. It was then that Valentine confessed to trying to catch her fiancé with the other woman. She maintained that she was defending herself during the attack. However, she was quickly arrested and charged for attempted murder. Her trial would start shortly after. The prosecution claimed that Valentine broke into the house and attacked the young woman while she was sleeping. And Peggy's conversation with her pastor was used against her in court. Now, the defense argued that the evidence should be stricken from the record. They claimed that the confession fell under pastor privilege. Valentine's attorney argued that the pastor never clarified to her in the conversation that this could be used against her in court. Now there's something called the pastor protection clause. And are you familiar with that, John?
1: You know, I'm, I'm not, but it doesn't surprise me because of things like confession in the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. Like I could go into confession if I was a Catholic and be like, I murdered somebody. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, they're not obligated to be like, okay, well, you know, here's your penance or whatever, but I also have to contact the authorities. Right. So, you know, my wife being a therapist, I know there's that same like patient client kind of privilege, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all.
2: So this means that the pastor must be a member of a clergy. The person must be seeking spiritual guidance and it must be in confidence. So basically it just has to be, say, you're the pastor and I'm the person. We just have to be sitting in confidence. You have to be a member of the clergy, i'm looking for spiritual help and it just has to be the two of us
1: right so i couldn't tell you something in like in public with other people around and then expect that like it has to be under those very specific. just like if a catholic
2: sitting in confession it's just you and the priest there's a wall in front of you or however people do it in different catholic churches but like it is just the two of you
1: okay gotcha
2: Now, the argument was that the conversation was not confidential as there was another sheriff present in the room. Now, ultimately, the judge sided with the prosecution and ruled there was no expectation of privacy since Valentine wasn't alone with her pastor. And he ruled that the jury was able to hear the confession in court. Now, the jury returned a guilty verdict for attempted first-degree murder and home invasion. Peggy Valentine is currently being held at the Ascension Parish Jail and is scheduled for sentencing on February 27th, 2024. So I know this week's episode is really short, but I think it had really good uh, conversation pieces as far as... We've never come across a case or we haven't done a case that has um, some sort of pastor, priest, clergy person involved in it. And I have never heard of this pastor's protection clause. So I didn't know if you were familiar with it. And I think it's a good conversation piece as far as like, should this have been used as evidence? Because the defense was like, no one ever said that the pastor told her, anything we're talking about can be used against you. And the weird thing about it is that the pastor works for the sheriff's department. Um, And so I don't know if there's some weird angle behind that, or if is he there as a sheriff's department person, or is he just happens to be her pastor who is also like the pastor for the Ascension Parish Jail. So it wasn't really clear on that. But in my mind, if you're having a conversation with your pastor and there's a police present, I would assume that anything that I say, this police officer or detective is recording it. And what am I supposed to do? I would assume that I shouldn't say anything in front of that person and that anything that's being said should be, you know, speak now, forever, hold your peace kind of thing. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm there with you. I think for me. You know, something I don't talk about a lot on this podcast, but I watch a lot of, uh, they call them like policing the police videos, where it's, I know my rights, I'm invoking my right to stay silent. You know, I don't answer any questions, things of that nature. So in my head, I have this whole scenario where it's like, if I ever got pulled over, I'm only answering the questions that I'm like legally required to answer. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be, I would never be the way that some of these people in these videos are, but it is good to kind of know what your rights are and like in what ways. Yeah, I, I took a practical law class in high school that was like if a cop asks you to get out of your car, like you get out of your car and you lock your car because then they need a warrant to, you know, get into your vehicle. That's
2: good to know, because I would have never thought get out of your car and lock it. I would just get out of my car and stay there.
1: Yeah. And it's not like I'm doing anything that like I'm trying to hide anything, but it's also I think
2: it's personal property as a citizen. Yeah. And
1: it's super important that, like, you know, your rights and that you don't allow yourself to have your rights violated. Right. And I think that's a fair thing. I respect law enforcement. We talk about it on the on the podcast all the time, but like there's a lot of really good cops and detectives who do a lot of really good work. and without them, these cases that we talk about every week would not be solved. You know what I mean? Right. So it's not like I have a problem with with anything like that, but I also you know want to make sure that I know what I need to keep myself protected. And I feel like this is one of those situations where if I'm in a police station at all, And there is more than like my pastor, or especially if my pastor was a sheriff. I'm not saying anything.
2: I feel like if I'm at a police department being questioned, I'm just going to say I need an attorney, even if I'm innocent, because you don't know how your words can be twisted in so many ways, shape or form. But she was in a vulnerable situation where she was hysterical. Did she attack the woman? Probably, but we don't know if the woman attacked her first. We don't know the whole story.
1: And I think that's fair, too, because I know like we had talked about when you were doing the research, the only person involved that we could find information on was Peggy
2: Valentine, Peggy
1: Valentine. Mm-hmm. So we know that at some point there was a relationship between, you know, her and this man. And from what I had kind of seen when we were talking about the story, it was you know she kind of believed that there was a chance for reconciliation or they were still together, but he had moved on with this new person, you know, but for me, it's it was self-defense. I need an attorney. Yeah. Exactly what you I said. I mean this is like you
2: know? a Chloe and Tristan Chloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson story. You know, they were together, he got another woman pregnant, he had a baby with someone else like this is the kind of stuff that's happening. And I think she probably could have gone over there with good intentions. Was she going to welcome the baby probably not. There was stories saying that she went over to like catch him with another woman. But like obviously if you know that your fiance has a baby on the way or had a baby come? Like, do the math. He's probably not your fiance yeah. anymore. Right. So, did she go meet the baby or did she go to catch him in the act of being with somebody else? I don't know.
1: Well, first, thank you for explaining the whole Chloe and Tristan thing. Cause it's my
2: guilty pleasure. Not, I'm not
1: a, I am not like i do not keep up with the Kardashians. You should keep up so with, the with the Kardashians.
2: They argue about millions of dollars like they have no life problems, but. It's one thing that I started from the beginning. It's just like Grey's Anatomy. I started it from the beginning. I got to see it through.
1: You started from the bottom. Now you're here. And now Now i the whole cruise.
2: Now I know everybody's affairs anyway.
1: But there's a whole documentary on Netflix about coerced confessions. So we know in this confession, she said, I was there to catch him with another woman. But we also don't know how long she was in that room. We don't know, you know, if they were like, Hey, you know, so like you were there, right? Like, like you really wanted to see if he was there with another woman, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't know the details behind it. And like the only way to keep yourself safe from that is to be, Hey, I want a lawyer. I want a lawyer. I'm not answering any of these questions. So, you know, I like, I don't think what she did, I think getting into a fight with somebody and like your response is to stab them in the back with a box cutter when there is a new baby in the home. Like, it just sounds like a very messy, very dramatic situation that escalated probably way further than it needed to. But at the end of the day, pastor, I I mean, I don't care. I'd be like, "Mm, that's great. Like, I'll talk to you after. But right now, what the Lord is telling me to do is get an attorney. So that's the direction I would have. Or
2: kick the sheriff out of the room. But, you know, there's times like I can be the first person to say if I was in anybody's situation where I'm an innocent person. But I could say that if I was tired and hungry and cold and you continue to ask me the same questions over and over and over and you aren't listening to me, I know me as a person would get defensive. And I'd be like, what do you want me to say? Like, what do you want me to say? Because I'm done here. Like, I'm done. I'm not going to do it anymore. And sitting in silence is not something that I could do. So like, if I'm ever in this situation, I would look guilty probably every day of the week because I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I here? I've told you over and over and over again. It was just an accident. Like, we were just there, whatever, whatever. But like, I can't, I can't control my emotions well enough to be like, Nope, I'm just going to sit here, give me my attorney. If you keep prodding at me, I'm going to prod back. So I hope I'm never in this situation.
1: Yeah, but for me, like, that's the thing is, you know, because in these documentaries I've seen, like, there's people that are in these interrogation room for 16, 17, 20, 18 hours. With no
2: food, no no real food. They might get some coffee. They might get some water. It's probably cold in there like it is in a hospital. Like, I would just be like, no, I'm done here. Where's my bed? Give me a cheeseburger. And then we can talk.
1: For me, it's if you lead with, I want an attorney, then they don't have the opportunity to get you in there for that 16, 17. But what it is, is that, you know, a lot of these people, just like you said, I know I'm innocent. So I'm
2: going to tell you my side of the story. And then it turns into a manipulation game sometimes. And it's just like, no, like I've said too much. Now you're going to twist my words. Now I'm so confused and tired. I want to go home and I'm going to keep saying anything. If you look at this woman's mugshot, she's you can tell she's been obviously hysterical and in tears. So I don't know if I don't know that I know the story. I don't know if I'll ever know the story, but I just thought it was interesting with the whole pastor coming in and then a sheriff being there and then letting the judge rule it the way that he did. I mean, I agree with the judge that there was a sheriff in there. It was not confidential, but also supposedly, according to her defense attorney's no one ever told her, hey, Peggy, anything that you say in here can be used against you. It was almost like her rights weren't read at that moment in time. Were they read prior to that? Probably because she was being Mm -hmm. questioned. But I just, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with it. I don't know if she really did it intentional. I'm glad everybody lived, which is the safest thing and the best thing for everybody. But I also don't know that you know, we don't know who attacked who first, and it just so happens that this other woman got stabbed, and it could have been life-threatening, but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting.
1: Yeah, I also want to know if she arrived at the house with the box cutter.
2: Right. Who? Where was the box cutter? Was the box cutter in the house, and she picked it up in self-defense? Did she come with it, and it was premeditated? Like, I'm going to I'm gonna shank her. Like, in I, case I need it. Right, right. And so I think there's more to the story, but... You know, it's not our true murder crimes that we always do, but I had never really paid attention to this pastor protection
1: clause. Yeah, it's just, you know, if you're, for me, it's if you're in a police station and they're asking you questions.
2: I need a lawyer.
1: Anything you say can be used against you in a court law, you know? Yeah, it is very interesting though. And it's, again, I think it's just a reminder to like, be aware, you know, because we like to think that, you know, I'm a law abiding citizen, I'm a good person, you know, and outside of this situation specifically, but there are plenty of people who get roped in situations where they did not do anything. And they are in prison for something they didn't do. And they confess to something that they did not do. So, you know, you have to be careful and you have to, you know, make sure that you're protecting yourself in those kind of situations. So, but I mean, if we're talking deadbolt test, I mean, this is a two for me, maybe a three. But, you know, I'm not involved in any entanglements. I'm, I'm not living that Will Smith, Jada life, you know, and not to offend anybody. I remember I made a Will Smith joke in one of our earlier episodes. Somebody got really mad, but, you know, I'm just not.
2: <laughs> Thanks for keeping me up on the Will and Jada drama. Have you watched her interview? And No, I'm kidding. We won't go down that rabbit I've hole. I've seen some of it,
1: but and we've been separated forever. Turns out not they're not divorced. really
2: a thing, but
1: yeah. they're life partners. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. No, but it's a, uh, this just isn't a scenario that I, I think I would ever find myself in. I know, you know?
2: I came bad on this one. I'm probably going to give it about a one or a two, but I just, I don't know. I've never heard of the pastor thing. And now I feel like I need to like Google other cases to see when this comes about again.
1: Yeah, it would definitely be cool to like deep dive. Cause I do find that aspect of it. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like on the, on the interesting scale, this is like eight or nine for me. But on the, like, am I checking my locks? Mm -hmm. I I don't think Peggy Valentine's coming to my house. My
2: locks are locked tonight already.
1: Right. Well, that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's short on time episode. But as always, we got to throw it to the locksmiths. Where does Peggy Valentine in the attempted murder of her ex-fiance's new girlfriend fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram, check the locks pod. You can find us on Twitter, check the locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come join us, hang out with us. We'd love to get to know you. You don't even have to have that pastor privacy clause. You can just come hang out. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting check the locks, you can do so by becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks to get signed up today. we got a lot of great tiers, a lot of great benefits, exclusive stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs all things that you can only get for being a patron. Plus you get the episodes early and ad free. So if you love check the locks, but you hate commercials, Patreon is the way to do it. So again, that is patreon.com forward slash check the locks, get signed up today. And as always, if you can't financially support the check the locks, we definitely understand just listening and hanging out with us every week means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're hanging out, you're sharing the show with your friends and family. You're letting them know about what we do just know that that means the world to us. Again, that is going to help us grow our family, our community. It really is that grassroots sharing it with people that helps us grow in ways that we can't even put into words. So again, if that is you, you're letting people know about this little podcast, just know that we appreciate you so much. It means the world to us. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to... Check the locks. See you next week.
2: Happy November.